You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, obviously, here we are, guys, you know, almost a day and a half now, two practices in the books. Uh, you see it on the Twitter timeline. Um, just the interaction, look, uh, the excitement, A, just because there is football back. The team, uh, you know, getting to see everything, the new toys. It's, it's, it's been a fun couple of days, and, you know, let's, you know, hope it continues to roll along. Uh, no more Damian Ratley type stuff. Um, you know, obviously, Damian right now, a little bit of a hamstring. Uh, joining Mr. Hunt and, you know, Mr. Gray uh, in the uh, the unavailable world, which will soon lead to the, uh, you know, the Tour de Berea, where they start breaking out the bikes and those types of things. Um, we're going to get into everything here on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Pete Smith along for the ride, your local experts on the biggest stories. Brought to you tonight by Hotels.com. Get rewarded through Hotels.com. Find some, if you need a place to sleep, you're headed out to camp, you need a place to stay, check out Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded through the fine folks. And we appreciate the sponsorship for hotel uh, from Hotels.com for Locked On Browns. Uh, I guess we'll start here, Pete. Look, the Mike Daniels news is official. He's going to go to the Detroit Lions. Uh, $9.1 million on a one-year deal, seven point three guaranteed. If, if the Browns aren't going to commit to this, Pete, are they essentially just wasting these guys' time? I mean, look, I understand if that's not what you're going to pay then, but don't hype up a fan base and maybe try to victory lap over the fact that you're getting these guys first in for a visit if you full well know the intention is is that you're not going to end up meeting the demands of the said player. Um, yeah, um, this was interesting because, like, he gets released and all these people are like, well, clearly the NFL won't pay him that much money because, you know, they wouldn't trade for him, and then he gets more than he was getting before. So that was um, interesting. And, yeah, I guess there's an element of, you know, of a tease here, but on the one hand, it's good that they're able to get these guys to come in to visit them before they visit anyone else. On the other hand, it's certainly frustrating to have seen Gerald McCoy come through. Uh, and the Browns offer the least of the teams that, you know, courted him. And then you have this dude come in, Mike Daniels come in and then he goes elsewhere. And I don't know what the Browns have offered, but I expect they lowballed him relative to what he got. And granted, he made a lot of money and he's, uh, He's a very good football player, but it is it does serve to highlight that the Browns are aware that their defensive tackle situation is iffy, and yet they haven't been able to do something to really help, which is concerning. So right now, you know, Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi are very, very talented. That, that looks like a very good um, setup, but... If they get tired or, God forbid, somebody's hurt, um, you're back to Trevon Coley and, you know, Brian Price and Earl Davis and Devereaux Lawrence and those guys, which were bad last year. Maybe they will be better, but none of those are guys you want to see play regular snaps, and that's not ideal. And that's where we're at. And the thing is, is, you know, and I even said this last night, you know, jokingly and, you know, you know, maybe stop messing with this, but like you feel like this is a need where you're choosing to sit down with Pro Bowl guys. Uh, so you think, it, so which one is it? Do you really need a defensive tackle? Or uh, it, it, you're not, 
explaining this correctly? Is it, you know, oh, we'd be in the market if it was a really supreme player? But don't worry, we have Devereaux Lawrence, we have Davis, we have Price, we have Equale. There's, I, yes, I, you're not supposed to tip your hand. But could you say something on this front? Because there are, there is a perfectly service, servicely, serviceable defensive tackle who's still in the market, who is better than every one of these other four guys, five guys that you're going to try it out here, and Corey Lugit. And so, if that's the case, then get him on the horn. And you know, I talked to some people today. Maybe he wants to stay on the West Coast. It's July 26, bro. You need a job. It ain't about where you want to be. It's about getting a gig. So, you know, I, I just wish there would be some explanation why, you know, you're basically essentially bringing in some top quality interior defensive line depth for lunch when you know that there's really going to be no end game of it. That's the part that just seems maddening. And you're getting a fan base fired up. And in the same respect, you're saying nah, it's it's OK. I mean, it's just so strange about how they're handling this. So they've clearly sent the message that they don't want, you know, to get just anyone because uh, they didn't draft anybody and they didn't sign any undrafted free agents, but they've courted both Mike Daniels and they've and Gerald McCoy. Uh, and then like a guy like Alan Bailey, uh, who John Dorsey is familiarity because he drafted him in Kansas city, I believe um, they didn't even sniff at. So clearly there, there's sort of a baseline. They feel like they're at, and they want somebody who's going to be much better than that. And I don't know how many more bites of the apple you're going to get. The, you know, there's only so many of these guys that are going to come around. And frankly, Daniels felt like a surprise. Um, so it is frustrating. It does highlight a, a big question mark that they have to address. And you're sitting there go, wondering how, what are they going to do? I mean, are they going to wait till? You know, guys start getting released and bringing some guys, or are they basically saying, "Look, if we can't get a premium dude, then we're going to go ahead and roll with what we have." Which I guess I can see it. However, it doesn't make me confident whatsoever. So these are questions. And, and Corey Legit's fine, I guess, but he may be, you know, basically what they feel their baseline's at, and that, that's why they haven't taking a taking a stab at it but it, you know it feels like guys like Daniels or McCoy um feel like one big you know step or, or one big move that suggests they're going to really push their chips in and try to get a Super Bowl um you can make the case that basically by not doing that they feel good about their long-term stability which I guess is fine what I what I don't agree with other people are like well this signifies that you know he's going to be john dorsey's going to be responsible with the cap the reason you're not getting guys like gerald mccoy and mike daniels is because of other issues they've committed with the cap uh like landry like tj carey like chris hubbard where now you can't afford those guys and this is sort of the price of that so the bottom line is if the defensive tackle position underperforms or they have a major injury or they have something like that. And they're in a position where they're relying on these guys and they suck. The money part's going to be quickly forgotten. And they're just going to look and see what Mike Daniels is doing in Detroit and see what Gerald McCoy is doing in Carolina. And if those guys are good, then there's going to be some criticism to this point. I I'm fascinated by how much people are 
unwilling to criticize Dorsey to this point. I'm curious what's going to sort of change that. But like right now, there's there's this resounding notion that well, Dorsey didn't like, didn't want to make the move. So I guess that means it's good then. Which, you know, he has done some very good things with this, but he's certainly not without sin. I don't, you know, good things are good, bad things are bad. I, I think you, you can be honest with yourself about some of these things and not assume that just because Dorsey didn't do it, it was a good thing. Dorsey picked Chad Thomas, who's at least right now sitting at third string uh, defensive end. Uh, and, and there looks like no hope in improving in sight. So we'll see. Uh, but at the very least, you have a lingering question there. And, and what is what are they going to do with that? Uh, you know, after taking having these guys come in, are they going to be content to not do anything? Because I think there will be a sort of sense of dissatisfaction if, if they sort of just end up rolling with these guys. Unless, you know, you know, we get into camp and, and we keep going and we find out that, you know, somebody is way better than we thought they were, which would be great. I'd love to see it. But, you know, we're granted only one day of pads so far and we haven't heard anything along those lines. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, you know, pads come on tomorrow, and that's, you know, for a lot of this, you know, look, the skill guys, you know, you can kind of get something from it, obviously, you know, on the coverage and the routes and all that type of stuff, but everything else, you know, none of it means a, you know, a a pile of piss right now until, you know, the pads are on. Uh, You should look good, essentially, you know, playing glorified seven-on-sevens, no pads. You should look good because you're also not looking around worrying about, you know, some guy at 310 pounds is about to steamroll into your sternum. So you, you should look good right now. Um, I guess we'll just stick with lead, league news here, and then obviously we'll get into everything from camp today. Uh, Pete, look, it, it wasn't pretty for the New York Giants. There was no way it was looking pretty to begin with. Uh, Sterling Shepard breaks a thumb. You get the news this morning, and this is the one that probably hurts for us. Um, look, we've stuck up for this guy probably like nobody else has. And it's been a quiet offseason for him, which just means it's a good offseason for him. And then you get the news this morning, Corey Coleman, yeah, torn ACL, and here's a guy at probably 24, 25 now. His career has been an absolute mystery to this point. There were some flashes here and there, some poor decisions off the field, obviously, a couple of stupid injuries. And, you know, now here's a kid you know, in probably the worst spot of his life because there ain't nothing this kid's going to be able to do now for a year, Pete. Well, you know, I, there are a lot of, lingering feelings for some fans and Corey Coleman because he didn't work out here, but the, the giants were planning on having him be an impact. You know, it wasn't, this was before Shepard got hurt. Right. So it's not like, you know, he was just a, an also ran for the giants. They were reasonably happy with what he did at the end of last year. And they sort of were hoping he could build on it and, and, and be a contributor, like a third receiver, uh, possibly a second receiver. And then you lose him, which sucks. And then you find out Sterling Shepard, the guy you just paid a big fat check to, broke his thumb, which is obviously it cost him time. And you're a team that's bad to begin with. And this only makes it look that much worse. And it just, you know, you couldn't have a worse start to, to, to open up camp uh, for them. And, you know, I, I, the, the, they, they look like a genuinely awful team and, and they're not getting any help, but this is sort of, feeds into the, the last point, which is, you know, they, they, they had one day of camp and they're down two receivers. 
you know, depth matters. You need as much of it as you can get. And certainly there's a financial aspect to that and stuff, but you know, they could run in, the Browns could run into a situation where a guy goes down for a while. And if, you know, some of these spots like offensive tackle or, or defensive tackle or some of these other safety uh, are in pretty bad shape if they suffer any kind of injury. So, you know, this is one of those fingers crossed knock on wood type thing that, you know, you hope for the best for all these teams because you don't want that bad karma, to, bad juju to come back to your team and suddenly have a rash of injuries because, you know, for all the excitement uh, at, at one could argue it's almost like getting to the point where people are grasping onto anything and hyping it. Um, this is sort that would be sort of the ultimate, you know, way to sort of mute everything that's going on if you have one of those big guys go down with injury. Um, yes, and this is what I'm getting. Look, I mean, you know, one, th- one of the two good defensive tackles, something happens, you are literally right back in the same exact scenario as last year where you have faith and you have, you know, a proven commodity of one. And now all of a sudden, and what everybody want to complain about, oh, Joe Schober missing tackles in the run game, da, 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 da. you're right back to that scenario. And there's a way teams can control you by running the ball because you ain't got enough proven commodity up front to help out your linebackers, to help out your safeties, defend against the run game. So that's, it's a pain in the ass, guys. And I know some of you want to ignore it and don't want to see it, but it, it is the case. Um, and you look at it, and look, for Sterling Shepard, this could lead to a really rough year where he was supposed to be the Giants' number one wide receiver. Look, you got ten fingers. You can break six of them. The two you do not want to break are your index finger. You do not want to break a thumb. A number one, you break a thumb. That is where all the absorption of every reception comes into. The point is the one that holds the reception into place with the thumb. Those aren't the ones you want to break. Those aren't the one the, the digits you want screwed up. So it could be really, really tough year for Sterling Shepard now with a lot of money and now a lot of faith in him. There's some whispers. I mean, I don't know how much to put to it. I don't know where it's coming from. That potentially Golden Tate is maybe looking at a four-game suspension for PEDs. So you want to talk about something going from really bad to, you know, like hide your children's eyes. And to make up for it, you're bringing in a guy like Kelvin Benjamin tomorrow for a workout. Just saying Kelvin Benjamin and a workout almost makes me chuckle. Because, you know, I mean, if the workouts he's going to do is maybe, you know, a mini Joey Chestnut, maybe that's the only thing that's going to impress you. Because, uh, you know, I, I don't know the, what the market is for a 250-pound wide receiver in 2019. But that's kind of where you're at. Uh, we're going to get to all your Brown stuff here, uh, you know, right after the good folks from Blue Chew. Look, guys, sex, let's talk about it. Good sex. You don't get a lot of opportunities if you're married, if you're older, you got kids. It, it's limited. So break out the Wonder Boy. Break out the Savoy Special. Go to the Blue Chew. Make sure the bat is ready to go for the hanging curveball or the changeup or the slider that didn't. You can now increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue. I like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them any time, day or night, even on a full stomach. 
And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visits. No waiting at the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy right now. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. And get your first shipment free with our uh, special promo code Locked On Capital L O C K D Capital O N Locked On. Just pay five dollars for the shipping. Again, that's Bluetooth B L U E dot com promo code Locked On. Bluetooth is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for their sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Uh, Pete, one of the things that seemed focused on today, as far as the practices itself was red zone and Baker look this was a fantastic spot for him last year he looked good today Najoku into it the most impressive one was probably the touchdown pass to Higgins Eric Murray put his hand up you were nervous if he was going to lose a digit but you just one of the things that's so impressive about Baker and maybe it comes out more in red zone is just the precision and the tightness in the hitting the window and you think of the old tire swing that you throw the ball through it's, it, it, it just really is electric to watch him in these scenarios. And the other thing is he's just got the stones where he's not – there's so many quarterbacks that back away from that window of opportunity, and Baker just ain't that dude. Right. I mean, this is a – red zone is a great situation for this team in general. Baker's obviously proven to be very good at it, and, and this defense – could use all the help it can get getting better in those situations. Certainly they have a lot of players that could be effective. Obviously having a nice pass rush and having a million DBs could help. They've, they're going to have to uh, do a lot of the inside run type practice to see if they can hang in that, that facet. But look, if, if Baker Mayfield is successful against this group, when Miles Garrett is basically unblockable and they've got a million corners running around, uh, that's good. And the same point is that Denzel Ward and Grady Williams and Joe Schobert and all these guys are getting reps against a really good quarterback in red zone situations, then they can hopefully uh, translate that over to the regular season. You know, it's a big difference between practicing against Baker Mayfield and practicing against Sean Kaiser. Uh, these are, you know, game-changing situations that you find yourself in. So the more experience they get, uh, the better both sides get, that's going to be fantastic uh, for the Browns. So hopefully uh, that proves to be uh, effective for everybody involved and, and they just continue to get better. Situational football is going to be massive for this team because obviously the, you know they expect to win more and they expect to be in more situations that could be uh, closeout games. So you know the, these, these are some of the more impre- uh, important battles. Um, and you saw some of this, and for everybody who fancies themselves with the, oh, we need the big wide receiver in the red zone for the fade, there was some David Njoku split out today as X. These are things you can do with David. Um, he is an elite, elite athlete. You can use him in a red zone in some wide receiver type looks. That's the specialness you have with the explosion, with the speed that David has. Um, look, there's always going to be that threat of a drop or two with David. I don't know if that's going to go away. Um, You hope it gets better as he ages. You hope Baker's accuracy continues on him on that path. But, you know, they're 
that is something, you know, that you have. He's not just a tight end. You can do some more things with him. Um, I, I guess since we're talking red zone, we'll, we'll go to Greedy Williams here because obviously that showed up in a red zone drill today. Um, I know, guys, look, you know, everybody sees two interceptions, thinks he has a great, had a great day. Uh, let's be honest. The, the first one on the deep ball, that was essentially, it looked like a fair catch. I mean, it was a punt. I mean, the receiver was 10 yards behind him. The receiver just, I guess, didn't realize, you know, and the quarterback didn't have the mustard on it or didn't have the arm for it. Um, but the, the 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 interception in the red zone, I mean, look, it, it is Baker. It, it was him, and it's funny because here's Odell going against twos with uh, red wine, uh, you know, over the top and with greedy underneath. Um, but what you what you did like of it was just the reaction, Pete, as far as it being a zone play. Um, you know, you know, he had read to the point where the the wide receiver was already to the sideline, so you know, he took the cheat step, cheat, you know, the cheat step back, and you know, jumped in front of Odell. You know, it took the interception. Um, but this is what you want to see from Greedy. You want to see him build a little confidence. And when we talk about pads, that's where we're going to really see how ready Greedy Williams can be to being a big part of this secondary. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is incredibly important because, look, on, on the one hand, you, you want to see Greedy Williams, I think, LeBron's desperately would. I mean, I I don't think they're unhappy with Terrence Mitchell by any stretch, but I think they'd certainly love to see Greedy Williams come in and take that job. But I think partly because of the hype involved with the Browns and the level of excitement that that they haven't had, there's you know an element of you know seeing anything positive from like a guy like Greedy Williams today. Like a, he made a nice uh, adjustment uh, coming off. Uh, the one guy, guy in his zone to back up and make the interception. But like the way it was described initially was that he manned up Odell Beckham. He didn't. Uh, and I think there's an element of, you know, everything has to be so uh, s- take it to another level in terms of excitement. Like, you know, because they have all these things going on that everything has to take it to another degree. And I think, in some ways, if people aren't sort of cognizant of that, they may set their expectations too high for some of these guys, and then, you know, find that the the other shoe drops and that guys aren't ready. So maybe Greedy Williams is is great and ultimately takes that job. But if he's not, and you see all these plays and you're going, oh man, he he can defend Odell Beckham and all these other things. He's making all these great plays. Um, what was a pretty bad throw by Baker Mayfield? Bad decision. Um, you know, that can have a backlash. And then, you know, fans find out that he's not that good and sort of take it out on the player, which is unfortunate. And that, you know, by virtue of the fact that he's their first pick, there's an, a, a little bit more <coughs> attention paid. You know, again, we look at last year, he would have been the fifth pick of that draft, you know, fifth pick of their draft. And this year he's the first pick of their draft. So, I think it's awesome to see him making plays. It's great to see him get positive publicity. I would just, uh, especially when it comes to clips, I would I would suggest people have some context. Uh, but you know, it, good things are with, with him are great news. You want to see as many of those as you can. Just be uh, aware of that. 
Um, and this is one thing I'm going to get to, but here, even with Greedy, though, and this is where the pads coming on is going to matter. Um, you know, Pete, obviously, you know, we, we talk a lot about market share. Um, as a freshman, he was a very active tackler. It didn't show up so much as last two years. When Daniel Jeremiah was on here with me, and he said, well, one of the reasons, and I think Daniel had him at 33 or 34, and he says, you know, like, I feel bad, like, people think I'm ripping him. He's like, there's nothing wrong with being the 33rd or 34th overall player in a draft class. And Daniel Jeremiah's exact words are, you're going to need to see some willingness as a tackler. It's something that kind of disappeared over the last two years. And, you know, most of these draft guys, they're not going to go by freshman year tape. They're, it's it's a what have you done lately type of thing. So, you know, that's the thing. And, you know, we'll see, you know, with Greedy getting the pads on. Look, we kind of said this a little bit with Denzel Ward last year. What happened in the, you know, his first chance at contact in a first preseason game against the Giants? What did he do? He put his helmet under a guy's chin, drew a 15-yard penalty. Um, obviously, you know, for, you know, uh, for Denzel, it's, it, it, it's going to be a question of doing it correctly, but, you know, you got to understand now you're paid and, you know, being able to cover people, being able to create turnovers is fantastic, but part of that paycheck, it means you're going to have to get physical and you're going to have to get some guys to the ground from time to time. Um, one thing I thought I, I noticed today, Pete, a little bit more, and we had talked about this a little bit with Baker and it was in Baker's bad games, the charger game. The Raven game, um, even the Texan game, is you know sometimes Baker gets in a situation where you know six yards isn't good enough for him, and you saw some throws today in that. You know there were I know there were a couple of Landry, you know some more to the backs. Not every play is going to be a big play, and you know look you know even though his completion percentage was really good as a rookie, just take some of those gimmies sometimes, and now especially with. Odell and the fact that a lot of coverage is going to be geared his way and there's going to be a lot more just one-on-ones for other guys. Maybe the six-yard play can turn into 13. You know, you don't have to, you know, and we've talked about it. this is This was his Achilles heel at time last year is trying to get it all in one play. Look, there were times where he certainly got it done. His deep ball percentage was off the charts. But, you know, I mean, you know, to put it in the baseball terminologies, sometimes there's nothing wrong with a single, Pete. Right. I mean, that that's the name of the game is, is some of those you're going to need guys who can come in and be role players and do those little things that can give you some some solid production. But yeah, certainly you're hoping to get some more guys who can be cornerstone players. But, you know, those are they're going to need some bull fillers and especially going forward uh, as we look ahead to next year, because they're going to, you know, with some news that's seemingly surfacing uh they're going to need to find some ways to get you know production out of what may be the eighth or ninth or tenth or eleventh uh best player uh on the on the defense or an offense or whatever but it you know their 11th best player has to be a lot better than another team's best player and that's where they have to sort of fill those and look, and that's and that's part of it now. And if you're going to be better, you don't need to have, you know, everything happen. And you look, and part of it is, is you know, it you know, you're going to want to sustain sustain some drives, a to get your defense some rest. But you don't want to get in these shootouts. Look, if they naturally happen, they do. But uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with some six, seven minute drives if they result in results in touch. They result in touchdowns. So you know, that is perfectly okay. There's you know nothing wrong with that. Um, 
uh, you guys have seen the uh, the show up T-shirt from uh, Joe Schobert. Uh, Joe and his wife Megan, uh, they've become big proponents of the company, the Zabo, the Zabo Apparel Company. Uh, I've gotten to talk with those guys the last couple of days. Um, first off, this is all done. You know, veteran is the one doing the work. So for me, that's always you know. To, to help out somebody like that, zero issues doing it. Um, made by a Cleveland Browns fan for Browns fans. Get unique tees like the Dogfather, Darth Baker, and Cleveland and the Masters of the AFC North at Zabo's Apparel. Apparel, a veteran veteran-owned business. Shop online at www. And now it's spelled as Z-A-B-O apparel.com. Or stop in the store at 5571 Liberty Avenue from Million, Ohio. Um, it, it, the opportunity, and this is one of the fun things about the show, is to help out these people. Look, I mean, they're all everybody's hustling. We're hustling. They're hustling. Uh, so check out the Zabo Apparel Company. Um, for me, they won me over with the show up shirt. For me, you know, I, you know. Talk is talk. Show up. That is, it's been one of my mottos ever since I've been coaching. Is you know, I don't want to hear it. Show up. Do what you're asked to do. You know, your play will always speak louder than your words, and that's one that's always resonated with me. So go ahead and check out the folks over at Zabo Apparel. Uh, now. You know, we're going to obviously continue to do this day in, day out. Um, Pete, here's just some of the fun stuff from camp. Two tweets I get today. The young, the rookie linebackers look really, really good. Followed up about two minutes later with a tweet. Everyone's really, really excited about the rookie linebackers. There's no pads on yet. I don't understand what everybody's getting so excited about. Um, another one. The offensive tackles look like they're doing a pretty good job today. Corresponding text a couple seconds later. There is not a person on this roster that can handle Miles Garrett's first step. So, guys, right now, just take everything with a grain of salt. And, look, some of the people there, look, they don't have any idea what they're actually looking for at this point in time. But, Pete, we are two for two. Sioni Taki Taki gets in a little something again today. And you want to know what, Farrell Brown? I don't care if you're aggravated. Um, maybe a Duke Johnson, maybe more a little bit of an established guy. Uh, but look, he's going to be, we said it last night, this is not going to stop. It's just the fieriness of him. And it, it's probably going to turn out to be one of the, you know, one of the stories people joke about in September, October about camp, Taki uh, Taki, the fire just never goes out. Um, so when I read that thing about Taki Taki and Farrell Brown, I was immediately reminded of Rudy and uh, Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Vince yep. Vaughn complaining that uh, Rudy's going too hard, and then he gets uh, put to the prep team. You just um, went from the third team to the scout team. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're Farrell Brown, you don't want to be the guy complaining that another guy's going too hard. You, I mean, you, you might be able to get away with that if you're Duke Johnson a little bit. You've actually proven something, but if you're Pharaoh Brown, that that to me sounds like you're going to have a problem because if this guy's more physical than you, he's who's he's going to make the team. Uh, you're especially come tomorrow when it's real and it's live. Yeah, I mean you're Pharaoh uh, Brown, and you are guaranteed nothing. Uh, that would be. That would be a curious to me, but again, I, I, again, this is one of those guys who I think that's in his DNA. He's just going to always be, you know, for lack of a better word, he's going to be a dick. Uh, and and coaches may be like one of those where they're like, "All right, all right, take it easy." 
and then whispering to him, don't, don't change a thing. Um, so, you know, I think that's who he's going to be. I think that's how he's going to make his bones in this league a little bit. I think he's a guy who has every chance to be uh, a guy that opponents hate uh, and, and has a reputation for that. Hopefully not dirty. Hopefully it's in a, just a, a good old fashioned physical football way. Uh, but we'll see. But I mean, I, I think especially for what I, I believe he's going to be likely competing to do as a rookie, that's exactly what you want to be. You want to be physical. Uh, and oh, you and you certainly know. And I'll tell you right now. I mean, it's probably you know, obviously you know, probably the defensive line coach, obviously the linebacker coach. It's one of those. All right, guys, come on, we're trying to get some work done here. And then it's the the long, the elongated wink. Like, don't worry about it. So somebody's got to do that stuff. And, you know, look, if it turns out to be a Ripken-like streak throughout camp, it may be the case. And, you know, and there's going to be points where a bunch of the guys are chuckling about it. It'll be the, you know, there he goes again. There he goes again. There he goes again. But, yeah, Farrell Brown, if you're the one getting soft about this, uh, you better be ready to go tomorrow. And if you were anywhere near number 44, bro, you better make sure you're gripping that that uh, mouthpiece tight and make sure that that chin strap is highlighted, you know, because it, it's going to come again. Because usually those guys, the guy who had the problem with it is the guy they go right back at when they get the opportunity. So th- there, <laughs> there is that. Uh, Pete, anything, you know, obviously before we get to you with anything we've missed, uh, anything so far, two days of camp that, you know, maybe you would like to bring up that we haven't gotten to yet? Uh, I mean, that Mary Kay thing that brought up Demarius Randall, uh, saying something to the effect of him noticing all these safeties are going to get paid and it's a business and stuff. Um, again, I, I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion, but it certainly seems like he's not going to be. And well, it's not even that. I, basically, what he's saying is, I am going for the bag. I want it all. So whoever's going to give me the most guaranteed money, guess what? That's where Dar Marius Randall is now going to reside. Right, and, and and you wonder if you know, without saying it, that or without making it like official, if that's basically going to be the end of the negotiations uh, with the Browns. Uh, that you know he's going to make it his business to make sure he gets the open market and has every opportunity. But and again, there, there's nothing wrong with that. That's certainly Demarius Randall's prerogative. Uh, if he if he wants to max out his value, great. Uh, but that certainly creates an issue for the Browns uh, in terms of how they're going to field that position. And my other immediate thought with that is. You know, what's Trey Boston's situation looking like? Because, uh, again, I look at this and I I, I see a team that's going to have to bring in multiple safeties next year in, in, in to replace Demarius Randall because they're sketchy at strong safety anyway, and I don't... Well, even still, though, you'd really only have... I mean, I don't even know about Whitehead, but, I mean, your only safety on the roster would be Redwine. Right, and, and, and look, I, I hope he's great, but based on evidence... I think he's more of a role player, and they're going to need a guy to be coming in and actually be able to hold that position down. And I think Demarius Randall is good enough that he can take some pressure off the the strong safety position. But look, I mean, right now the Browns are are talking about or, or have shown uh, a wanting this, wanting to run three safeties and run some big nickel. And Demarius Randall is certainly going to be critical in that. So if he's gone. 
and they want to keep doing that, they're going to have to find other guys who can do it, uh, who can who can fill those roles. So I, I think that's going to be something to watch uh, again. And, and we talked about this yesterday. I am curious to see if the Browns sort of move on uh, in terms of start negotiating extension with the guys. Certainly, uh, J.C. Treader and Joe Schobert are guys I look at for that, but. Uh, I, I can't imagine they're going to sit on their hands and wait for Demarius Randall. I think move uh, to other things, but it, you know they, they have real holes to fill uh, for the next season, it, it, and they're going to have to find ways to sort of get keep some of these guys, and then uh, keep enough flexibility where they can get others. Uh, and it's actually funny you brought up uh, JC, but yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, you know. Now, and also there's the, and you know, I, I'm not trying to say there's an ear, but, you know, how does Demarius Randall play this season? Um, is it a balls out? Because, look, just because you're going to be an eligible safety, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, that it's there. Um, you know, you've still got to go out and ball this year, and, you know, you've got to play like a guy that's going to command this money. Um, you've only been a safety for one year now in the NFL. Um, and granted, it was it was a good year, and it was nice that he could say, "Look, if you need me to go take care of Mike Evans this week, I got you guys. I'll go do that." But there's going to be the the he's going to have to ball out this year, and you know, will a guy do that with this much money potentially on the line? Not saying he will, not saying he won't, but it's something in the back of some the head where if he's already this focused on that next payday. It does cause you a little hesitation. Yeah, uh, Trey Boston, you know, what's going on? You know, I would rather Boston over Eric Berry just because, I mean, Eric has been through so much. He's probably the oldest 31-year-old man in the NFL, 30, 31, whatever he is. Uh, Trey Trey Boston comes into the system seamless transition. Obviously, he's been with Wilkes two times before. It's a lot easier for him to slip in here. Um, You know, Eric Berry at this point is more of a specialized guy, and, you know, as far as, you know, there's some tight ends he's had a good history against. Um, last year when it came time to cover Gronk, it was an issue. Antonio Gates won a lot of those battles over the years. So if you're talking about bringing him in for a guy like Travis Kelsey, you're not sure right now that he's going to get that gig done, which is the sole reason you would bring him in. But back to J.C. Treader. You know, obviously he came out today. J.C. wants to stay. I talked to his father today. He reiterated it that J.C. Treader would love to stay here. And, uh, Pete, this was the funny part about it. You know, remember, Joel had to stop himself when he was on the show with us. My God, I feel like I'm patting him on the back. I, I, I can't talk about him anymore. Uh, J.C. Treader's getting married in late February. Guess who's part of the? <laughs> guess who's part of the? Guess who's a groomsman in that wedding? And it is Joel Batonio. So their relationship—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's not a joke. I mean, these two dudes are really, really tight. And look, you got to find a way to keep that because keeping that O line in sync and together—it's just something that's just going to make Baker Mayfield's life that much more easier. Well, first, first in, re- in regards to Demarius Randall, I think he will be very good um look he played through the heel he paid played through i think a groin last year the heel was the one that really bothered him yeah and there uh, was even the week where they said look you're gonna sit this week and he was a little flustered about it but like look just for the better part of the season take the week off so he's one of those where short of like being in, in you know on crutches i think he's gonna drag himself out there and i think he will play well i don't th- he does not strike me as a guy who's gonna you know hold himself out or anything like that. So I do expect him to be good short of like, you know, rolled up on or something awful like that. You certainly hope doesn't happen. 
Uh, look, J.C. Treader, not only is he a good offensive lineman, uh, you know, I've heard you know, Jeff Risden on, on the pod here said, uh, look, he thought he was a pro bowler last year, even with the one leg. Um, but it, it, it's all about Baker Mayfield, and it's about stabilizing the interior of that line, and, and he is very good at it, and you don't want to mess with that. So that and, and I think he, relative to an investment, he's very cost efficient. It's not going to cost an arm and a leg to keep him and, and keep Baker Mayfield comfortable. I mean, this is the only center he's had so far uh, in the NFL. And I don't think you want to mess with that. So those are certainly things to keep an eye on. And obviously, you know, if you get that dealt with, uh, look, left tackle is going to be a thing they have to deal with. But I do think that there's, uh, you know, if you have Petonio, if you have Tritter, those are your two dudes, you know, the only two on the offensive line that are good. Um, you know, you hope Corbett's going to be good. You'd love to see Chris Hubbard play up to that contract. And, and we're, we're not, you know, Greg Robinson is all but gone. And you're hoping maybe a guy like a Drew Forbes or a Brian Finney and Ganofo or somebody can step up and develop Kendall Lamb. Uh, can step up and 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 show enough that they can be a guy that can hold down one of those tackle spots. But you're going to have to find another one. I mean, that still screams out to me as whatever the you know the first pick of their draft is going to be an offensive tackle. And but I mean, that's the big question mark heading into this year. The last thing you want to do is theoretically in a situation where you are going to uh, change three positions on your offensive line. In a, in a year where you expect to be a contender, um, I don't. I can't think of an example where that's ever been done in the NFL. It's bad enough in college. You don't want to do that. You don't want to mess with your quarterback. You don't want to mess with any of that stuff. Uh, so that it just makes too much sense to me to get that one done. But we'll see. I, stranger things have happened. Um, and, and look, I mean, and you love the fact that the two of them are tight, and that may be more of a thing where J.C. Treader, look, it, it's finally gone well for him. You know, the health for the most part, even though last year, I mean, he was hobbled. And you heard both uh, the guy on the left and Joel, and you heard the guy on the right and Kevin Zeitler both speak of they're not sure if they could have done it. And it takes a special breed to play hurt and, you know, wants to be here. Um, All you really need now is for Baker to give the, yeah, I think that's my dude. I kind of need him around here. But that is one that needs to be put to bed. Look, the Randall thing is probably... I would say we're over 95%. That is just completely off the board right now. He would like to get the free agency. Uh, there's Joe, and but th- those are the two right now. I mean, you can't even really put Randall into that mix right now because I don't think you're going to be able to you know, quench his appetite, so to speak, right now as far as a contract negotiation. It's that's where it is, and look, you know, I will never blame a player for chasing it. And you look at Bobby Wagner, three-year extension, fifty-four million dollars. These guys aren't stupid. You know, it is such a short, uh, you know, money-making window. And God freaking bless them, because you know, not <laughs> about point zero 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 seven percent of men can do this. And then do it at this level to get that type of money. So it, it is what it is, and you just kind of got to deal with it. And if you get two great years from out of safety, and you look at it this way, hey, you were the ones that smart. You were smart enough to put him at safety, and this is, you know, hey, whatever. It turns into a nice compact down the line if he eventually rolls on somewhere else. Pete, um, league-wise, Browns-wise, anything else? Anything else we've missed? No, the one thing I. You know, my last. Oh, on- oh, let me bring up this one. Um, somebody talking about where 
Jimmy Garoppolo and his athleticism and, you know, if he's got to break the pocket now and there's some guys there that'll work well in scramble drill, Jimmy Garoppolo's coming off an ACL. You better make damn sure he's in that pocket and he's clean. You don't want him breaking the pocket right now. Well, and they've already said that he and uh, the other guy coming off an ACL. McKinnon. McKinnon's already on pop. Yeah, they, they, they aren't going to play at all in the preseason, I believe. So Jimmy uh, Garoppolo, who's got, I think, what it is, is it, it's like eight NFL starts. So you're just going to throw him out there week one, and he has, he wouldn't have played in almost a calendar year. That's a big one. Well, I mean, the other option is they could play their other quarterback, who may be better. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> Pettis look good. Kill certainly look really good. <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah, my, my lingering thought on, on, on Demarius Randall, my last thought is, is I do wonder, you know, uh, certainly a lot of safeties have gotten big contracts. I do wonder if, you know, there, there, that, that there's going to be a situation where, like, the market is oversaturated. People basically stop paying because there aren't as many guys out there and everybody sort of may, may feel like they have one or can't afford it or whatever. Uh, that is the only th- the only thought I could have where Demarius Randall ends up coming back. Uh, right now, is, is he gets the open market. It's just not there because all these teams have paid safeties and then he yeah it's almost like a fad thing like it like it was this you know you know you know for all you who drink white claws yeah nobody's gonna be drinking white claws next summer it's like this the cool thing that was the cool thing of the 2019 offseason and we'll see if it's the in vogue thing of the 2020 offseason yeah i i mean that's that's the one lingering thing thing hope i you can see for uh, for him coming back, and and it's not to say the Browns couldn't be creative and come up with a way to pay him. I just don't see how they can do it uh, unless they're willing to make some significant cuts elsewhere. Uh, that you know, so we'll we'll see. But I think it, I think at the very least he's going to push to make himself get to the open market one way or the other, and the Browns are going to have to you know make decisions elsewhere. First, and that may ultimately shape how they they approach him anyway. And it's you know I, that's going to be the saga that goes on. And look, but I don't think any of this is going to be resolved anytime soon. Uh, you know, Demarius, you know, he is here for now. Um, whatever happens, and look, you know, maybe if the, maybe if he, it's winning and some of that nature, and he decides he wants to stay because now it's more of a you know, we've done this. This is what we've built because he came here and this team was 0-16, 7-8-1, maybe win a division title, win a playoff game, and feel like there's unfinished business as long as the money is close enough. But, you know, once you get at eyes on the big money, you got to see. Well, the other thing is you got to find somebody to give you that money. Uh, Pete, uh, as far as Browns may even, let everybody know how they can help you out over there, where to follow you with everything. Um, yeah, so you can sign up uh, on there, make sure you're getting everything as, as it happens. Uh, there's ways to communicate with me, there's ways to communicate with other people, have a discussion, whatever. It's a uh, format not unlike Facebook. Um, there's ways to post things and all that type of stuff. Um, so right now it's a lot of – my schedule has been crazy. Uh, trying to keep up with the press conference stuff. I'm going to have some time here. Uh, a little bit of time here this next week that I should be able to get uh, not only on top of things, but push out some stuff. So there's things to look forward to that. Uh, and obviously there's any number of podcasts, including this one over there that you can uh, uh, download and listen to if you're you know trying to get every uh, sort of perspective on, on what's going on with 
the Browns now that they're actually in camp and there's things, you know, football-related things actually discussed. And, you know, like, guys, just give Pete a little bit of time. And it was even weird, you know, the last couple of days, I'm waiting on Pete because Pete is normally the guy, you know. I'll tell Pete 10 to 15 minutes, and I think Pete's to the point now where he understands that's closer to 25 to 30 minutes. Um, but, you know, obviously Pete, uh, you know, the kids for his program can work, uh, come first, and obviously there's some other things that go along with high school coaching. As far as youth camps for the last couple of nights, Pete's out there trying to find his 2028 starting quarterback. Um, but, you know, look, I, you know when it is time to roll. We will be here. We will be here in the normal time slot, giving you all that we can. Uh, so make sure you're following Pete uh, at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following the at Browns Maven account, brownsmaven.com. Go over there, get yourself a membership, help our guy out here. We are busting our butts, giving everything to you guys. The Locked On Browns Twitter account at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Uh, DMs are open. Look, you guys are starting to flood with them. It's fine. You know, like it's a lot of times now. It's it's easier to answer the DMs than it is. Uh, you know, the tweets itself. And me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, look, I, I, I never thought I would get to this point on Twitter. But look, I, yes, I am missing some things you guys are sending to me. And I do apologize for it. But, you know, I go on between what I'm doing in between my 9 to 5 and, you know, dealing with texts from my daughters where they're arguing with each other. And then they're arguing with their mother. And everybody texts me at the same time. Uh, and I can go to my notifications. And sometimes there's 25, 30. If I, I miss stuff... Don't think it's like malicious or I'm being a jerk or being a dick. It's just it, it's hard to keep up, and especially with the excitement now with everybody. So I'm trying to do the best I can. Um, you truly want an answer? DMs are usually the best way. Um, so either count both. You know, DMs are on bo- open uh, open on both uh, hotels.com, bluechew.com, and you know the folks over at. Uh, you know, Zabo Apparel, uh, check them out as well. Um, always nice to be able to help out a company like, you know, like that. It, it, it means a lot to be able to give, you know, give back, help out others who are busting their butts day in, day out trying to do stuff. Um, I guess with that, look, we'll, we'll get to you tomorrow. Uh, I think we're gonna, I'm going to do two shows on Tuesday. Mac Robinson, a buddy of ours, who's now going to go over to uh, the OBR. Uh, he's been there almost all week, and we'll get Mac's kind of vibe on just the crowd and being around there. But, you know, me and Peter are just going to continue to pump this out as well. Uh, just enjoying every second of it. The fact that there's actual football back is, you know, I didn't need my afternoon coffee today. That's how good it, it is right now, and to be fired up about this. Um, so, you know, appreciate everybody. Look, the feedback today, the numbers on the show. I looked this morning, you know, I kind of took my glasses away, I looked again, and, you know, had it like double take. But it, it just shows that the excitement is in the air, and thank freaking God, because we all waited seven months for it. With that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.